Welcome to episode 29 of the Greater Manchester Chamber of Commerce podcast. This episode contains audio from our Chamber Live event, which took place on the 25th of May 2021 and was hosted by our skills coach, Will Taylor. In this episode, we welcome a variety of our Chamber members to tell us more about the work they do and their individual journeys. Firstly, we're joined by Russell Miller and Kieran McCourt from Alliance Manchester Business School. Russell and Kieran provide us with an update of their latest projects and how businesses can get involved. We're then joined by Ed Van Royen, CEO of Teacup Limited, who works alongside various universities to provide insight into well-being. And finally, we're joined by David Cahill, Managing Director of UR Home, a hospitality business that has well-being at its core. keeping well. Um, so welcome to Chamber Live. This is the 25th of May. Um, quite a grey drizzly start to the day which I'm busted about after the sun yesterday. So um, hopefully it'll start to brighten up and hopefully this will be a great way to brighten your mornings instead. Um, so um, if you're new to Chamber Live, this is our bi-weekly catch-up with updates from the Chamber Network. Um, so we'll be bringing you all the news and exciting announcements from our members and ourselves as well. Um, just to get the housekeeping out of the way, and um, if you can please mute yourselves, um, unless you're talking, just to avoid any feedback that can come through. Um, we do have our chat box open, like I say, so any questions, any comments, do just drop them in there, um, and we'll make sure to keep our eyes out. Um, we have four lovely guests with us here today. Um, so firstly, we've got Kieran and Russell from Alliance Manchester Business School, um, and then we'll be hearing from Ed at Teacup, and finally, we'll have Dave from You Are Home. So, um, let's just get straight into it, let's get cracking. So, um, Kieran and Russell, um, lovely to have you both on the call. Um, like I said, from here from the Alliance Manchester Business School. Um, if you don't mind, just to begin, um, if I could just ask you to introduce yourselves and tell me a bit more about what it is that you do. Yeah, um, thank you, Will, thanks. Um, so firstly, thanks for inviting Kieran and I here today. It's really, it's great. We're really looking forward to speaking to everybody. Um, I'm Russell, I'm uh, Director of External Relations and Partnerships at Alliance Manchester Business School, which is part of the University of Manchester. Um, I guess my role is split into, I guess, three parts. Um, I am one of the external engagement leads at the business school, which means that I have the pleasure of going out and having conversations with companies about and organisations about people development, research, student talent, thought leadership pieces, events and initiatives. Um, at the business school, we have a range of, uh, we work with strategic partners, and my role also involves kind of securing partnerships, working closely with organisations to address the challenges that they're facing. Um, second part of my role is social sponsorship, so working with companies that want to add a social dimension uh, to their work and, and their brand identity. Um, this is typically through student-facing activities, so for example, I work with IBM, on entrepreneurial programs for students, hackathons, that sort of thing. And finally, um, executive education. So I specialize in um, customized learning programs, which help organizations find solutions to kind of critical business challenges that they're facing, um, working from the public sector right the way through to the private sector. Thank you. Kieran, if we get a bit from yourself. 
Um, yeah, good morning, everyone. Apologies for the, the croaky voice. I promise you I have. It's a, it's a negative COVID test. Um, let's hope that the voice holds up for today. Um, like Russell, I work at the business school. Um, I've only been there a couple of years. My background is from the private sector. Um, and I've joined the business school um, working alongside Russell to do a similar job. You know, we're, we're trying to help um, businesses and, and local businesses in Manchester connect better with the business school and, and Russell's giving you some examples of how we do that. I work in a specific area in leadership and management development. So I uh, promote and recruit and, and advertise for open programs um, uh, that, where you can come and study leadership and management development here at the, at the business school. And like Russell said, really pleased that Leanne asked us and, and the chamber asked us to come along uh, this morning. Oh, perfect. Well, it's lovely to have you both, and I'm sure something that um, a lot of our members will be interested in hearing about, especially um, working on the Skills for Growth programme, and a lot of people I'm speaking with are interested in engaging with higher education partners and looking um, you know, around the leadership and management and all of those sort of wonderful things. So it's really exciting to have you both here and, and kind of hearing about what it is that you can offer. Um, kind of thinking about as we're coming out of lockdown, hopefully we're coming out of lockdown, um, what part is the business school playing um, just in terms of the social and economic development of the city region? Well, um, the university, I don't know if you saw the news, the university was recently ranked first in the world for the Times Higher Education Impact Award. So, uh, you know, they, those awards are judged and assessed against the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So there's loads the university is doing to kind of build back better, not to coin a phrase. Um, but um, personally, I, I'm excited about a couple of projects that I'm working on. Um, the first is a series of academic roundtables. Um, I'm working with the Far East Consortium, and we're trying to develop what we're calling the, um, the, the urban utopia for Manchester. So basically what that means is we're working with the Far East Consortium, who are in partnership with Manchester City Council, are developing the Northern Gateway. Um, we should be familiar with, obviously, it's a one billion pound development um, over the next 20 years, quite a significant piece of work for, for Manchester. Um, the academic roundtables themselves will hopefully answer some key questions, things like, you know, how do we create happy and healthy communities? How do we develop more resilient communities, especially coming out of COVID? So these are really key things that our academics can really help Manchester as a community um, really address. So I'm working with a range of academics across the university. Um, and these are academics that focus on everything from smart cities to sustainable consumption, to data science. And we're really hoping to influence how the Northern Gateway project is um, delivered. Uh, but also um, we're hoping that the outcomes of the roundtables will help influence policy in the future as well. Um, so it's a really exciting piece of work for the city. Um, I'm also excited though about an, a customised learning programme I'm working on at the moment for the Shaw Trust. I don't, don't know if you're familiar with it, the Shaw Trust is a, a UK-wide charity that uh, it's a national employability charity that supports people through a range of services and we're working with them on a, a senior leadership programme. Um, so these, this programme will look at things like strategy, driving change and innovation, all sorts of things. And it's, although it's still in development, we're hoping that it will be delivered in Manchester. And it'll be great to invite people from all over the UK back to Manchester so they can experience our city. So I'm excited about that. 
Right. Sounds like some cracking things coming up. Apologies if you see me taking some notes. I'm thinking that's good to <laughs> good to remember that. Um, Kieran, I don't know if you've got anything to, to add to that in terms of the, the development across the city region. Yeah, I, I have. And in a similar vein to, to Russell, obviously change is a big feature. Um, over the past 12 months, we've been running some free webinars for, for local uh, audiences on leadership and management, because inevitably, you know, we've seen changes to relationships over the last 12 months, working hours, ways of working, ways of communicating, our social habits have changed, our, our work-life balance habits have changed. And now with this kind of comeback, we're all kind of coming back, but we're coming back to something that's slightly different. So the world has changed. And very often you find it's managers and leaders who are at the center of all that. And they've got to somehow make sense of it for their employees, make sense of it for their managers, make, for it, make sense of it for themselves. So we've been doing a lot of work around um, uh, our leadership development program uh, and change. You know, more change is expected. So we're going to be expecting more from leaders. And there's an interesting statistic that currently, I mean, only one in five uh, leaders actually have any leadership or management qualification. And that's not because they're bad people. It's just that they're talented, they get promoted, and they suddenly find themselves in this position. They've got this responsibility. So where we've been helping the, the, the local um, region is more on, a, on a, an individual, on a personal level, where bringing people back onto campus from, from June, um, uh, providing this program that talks about leading yourself, looks at numbers, how you manage numbers for your business in the current climate, looks at strategy, looks at um, getting things done in the current climate, and looks at leading teams in the current climate. So, I mean, uh, Russell, the, the future's in very safe hands with Russell and his initiatives uh, and the wider economic uh, level. Um, on the program that we run, we like to think that we're taking care of the similar things, but on a, an individual level. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. That's a really good kind of insight into the, the work that it is that you're both doing. Um, Kieran, a, a question for you. Um, thinking about the programmes that, that you're delivering and you're kind of working on for clients, is there anything that you've done with them that you... <laughs> oh, nice little <laughs> piano over there. Um, is there anything you've done with your um, clients with the programmes that you'd maybe not expected you'd be covering or working on with them? Yeah, yeah, there has. And, and, and I'd love to hear music whenever you speak. Well, it's wonderful. Um, uh, but, but yeah, we have. Uh, I mean, it, it is a leadership and management development program. So you learn stuff, you learn skills, you learn theory, and there's qualifications in it as well. But I think the thing that's most surprising and rewarding um, being involved in the program is the mindset change. We, we deal with a lot of people who are incredibly gifted and qualified and accomplished. But they come to us because they feel like there's a bit that they've missed out. You know, we get a lot of experts who find themselves in management positions. I'm, 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 I'm not kidding. Like, you know, um, scientists, people with doctorates, people with fantastic um, expert technical experience. And just because they're good, they suddenly find themselves in these management positions um, and they don't always have the right skills. So we give them the skills and, and the knowledge and the theories. But what changes during the program is their level of confidence. And it's amazing to see. You know, people kind of leave the program feeling like, OK, now I've earned the right to have my title and I feel confident in leading a meeting and I know what kind of leader I am. So for me, the, the, the biggest thing is the mindset, because, you know, it, it's 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 actually easier to develop an expert into a leader than it is to develop a leader into an expert. So so, yeah, it's, that's the most rewarding and, and, and still surprises uh, me to this day. Yeah, I can imagine. Thank you. Um... 
It sounds like there's such a broad scope, obviously, in terms of all of the work that it is that you do with the business school. Um, and I guess a question for Russell, um, quite a fun question. Um, if the business school could have a billboard on it um, that just sort of said anything, um, what would it say and why? I guess it's quite hard to sum up in a, in a nutshell what it is that you do, because there's so many different ways in which you're helping people. So um, I guess um, it's going to be quite a large nutshell I'm going to share with you in a second, but I guess our billboard would read something like this way, we're open for business. Um, I think the, bit, the thing is that uni I think people find it difficult to find the door to universities because they're such big organizations, they're really hard to navigate. So um, people have come sometimes surprised to learn that actually there's, there's over 15 ways that people, especially chamber members could actually engage with, with, the, with the business school specifically. You know, everything from low level engagement right the way through to really in-depth initiatives. Um, you know, things like collaborating with research. Um, I won't go into too much detail here, but I'll just list some of the things that people can get involved with, like knowledge transfer partnerships, innovation labs, um, interacting with our research institutes. You know, the business school, we've got some amazing institutes. Um, one of them, the Sustainable Consumption Institute, thing, you know, has um, explores themes like how we can make business models more sustainable. Um, the Work Inequalities Institute that explores fair treatment at work and business transformation. You know, going back to what Kieran said before, you know, what is the future of work going to look like? So these are all really relevant things that people can just dip in and get and get involved with. Um, but organisations can also get involved with um, and, and engage with our talent. You know, through student projects, placements through people development, you know, as again, as Kira mentioned earlier, through our open programs, through customized programs, senior leadership apprenticeships, all of this is relevant to, uh, to members. Uh, and also through thought leadership. So we get, um, we've got a series of events, um, three, three events I wanted to mention today, which is vital topics, which I know some members will have joined already, where we invite business leaders from all over the world, really, to Manchester to talk about specific topics from disruption to innovation. Um, we've got our new original thinking webinars, which um, offers academic insights from our leading academics. Again, looking at, you know, we had one the other day on FinTech. Um, and, and again, that's a really interesting and emerging sector, especially for Manchester. And then things like the Scale Up Forum. Um, and again, your members are all, you know, have been invited and have joined those, uh, that program of activity before. But the Scale Up Forum really helps fast growing businesses from the Greater Manchester Combined Authority to, um, to, it's a program of activity that helps them sort of think about the things that they need to address and puts them in front of academics that can actually help them. And this is all offered free of charge, obviously, you know, this is just a service that we provide. So, um, and, and as I mentioned earlier, partnerships as well, organisations can get involved uh, and partner with us. So there's kind of a very quick overview but you know there's lots of areas you know 15 16 areas in which people can get involved with so yeah loads to go up Great, thank you so much. It's been lovely to, to hear from you both. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if anyone listening, you know, just wants to get involved, where can they um, find you? How can they get in touch? Obviously, we can connect you at the chamber, but um, is there any way you'd like to signpost anyone yourselves? Yeah, so we've left a, uh, we've left a PDF with you guys. So if you can share that, that would be amazing. So yeah. within the PDF, um, yeah, there's a list of things that you can get involved with, with our contact details on there. Even if it's just a case of just kind of coming along to one of our events or just wanting to pick our brain about a particular area, 
um, you know, picking up on some of the open programs that um, Kira mentioned earlier, anything at all, just drop us a line. As I said, in my billboard, we're open, we're open for business, I guess. So uh, we're just, uh, yeah, we're just, we're just happy to, to take inquiries and, and talk to people. Oh, that's perfect. Well, thank you both so much. Um, lovely to have you both with us. Um, and yeah, it's been lovely to, to hear from you both. Um, excited about our next guest as well. So uh, we have Ed, who is joining us from Teacup, um, working quite closely with Teacup at the moment at the Chamber. And I'm really excited to have the opportunity to speak with you, Ed, and kind of hear more about the business. So um, if we just start with a bit of an introduction to yourself and um, I guess a little bit of information about why you started the business and what it is that, that you do. Amazing. Well, good morning, Will, and morning, everybody else. Um, thanks again for the invite. And yeah, awesome listening to Kieran and Russell there. Um, so many, so many parallels. So my name's Ed um, Van Rooyen. Um, as you can tell, pr a pretty um, strong Manchester surname. Um, the, um, but uh, yeah, basically, I'm the CEO of a business called Teacup. Um, we are a business that helps organisations and individuals thrive uh, and we do that through um, reflective practices where we've developed in collaboration with um, five universities a measure on well-being um, where we, we get individuals to reflect and then we help organizations by aggregating some of that data to give them some insights and um, yeah a little bit of a background about myself um, I grew up in South Africa played rugby um, came over to England um, didn't quite work out on the sports field and then qualified as a lawyer um, so quite high, um, uh, and and what Russell and and, um, uh, and and Kieran just said sort of resonated because I got sort of promoted into some leadership roles within a law firm. Um, you know, I watched too much Ali McBeal. I never wanted to be a, a manager. I really wanted to be, you know, a lawyer um, or suit. I guess is more relevant these days. But uh, long story short, um, I, we saw an opportunity. There were a few of us that saw an opportunity to help insurers and banks. Um, and many of them based in Manchester to uh, help us in automation. And we set up a business um, which grew quite successfully and we had about 600 people at its peak. Um, and I sold that business in 2018 um, to a large American organization. And you know, initially it was sort of happy days and I was elated. And then quite quickly the um, emotion, you know, the, the sort of uh, the huge, uh, you know, feeling a success really faded very very quickly and I was left um, probably you know quite lost and I ended up being you know quite severely depressed in a way um, and I was angry because I was depressed I, I should, had no reason to be um, but I realized that that was the first time basically in 11 years on that journey that I had paused you know when I had sold this business and I actually exited I had some time and I had some time to reflect on on my life and what had happened and having achieved this amazing success, we had private equity, so it was very much financially driven to be sold uh, along the route, um, along the way. And one of my good friends is a, is a ex-international rugby player for England and uh, and he was on me the whole time and saying, you know, what are you gonna do, Ed? He was just really a good friend. We just went for coffees and he was trying to get me out of uh, my funk as my wife uh, kept repeating myself. I was in this funk, is uh, it's probably a good way of describing how I felt. And uh, Lee kept pushing me and saying, you know, what do you want to do? Ed? What do you want out of life? And, um, and actually, I think um, Russell mentioned it this morning, looking at communities. I said to him, my, my feedback was, you know what? I don't know what I want, but I want to be healthy and I want to be happy and I want to be successful. And when I look back at my last 10 years, you know, there's measures of I've had some happiness along the route, along the way. But 
you know, there's so many sacrifices I, I made um, and I never really took care of myself. And, and particularly around things like relationships, where I was so financially driven on, on success in the business sector that I, my health had slipped. You know, if I looked at how, I, how fit I was when I played rugby compared to how I was, you know, three years ago. If I looked at my relationships, you know, my, I had a young family and I had missed many, many good days when I should have been there, but I always had good excuses, which is work, you know, this, I'm doing this for my family. I always had that excuse. Um, many relationships have, aren't there anymore. You know, I, having grown up and moved over from South Africa, I had some family over there. I had many, many holidays canceled because work's really important and I have to do this, um, which meant, um, you know, and a lot of those people weren't around anymore, you know, and you can't turn back the clock. So when I was reflecting on all these things, I was basically just, um, you know, becoming more self-aware of all the sacrifices I had made in pursuit of money, basically, success, growth. Um, and, and, you know, what's, what's quite interesting, just listening to the guys before um, around leadership, is there's a lot of talk around, you know, change and all those things, and it's so critical. But um, one of the things, you know, I, I became aware of quite quickly, and, and I think it's important for business leaders is to understand that we have multiple shots at business, but we only have one shot at life. You know, they, we can't really, you know, you can, businesses start and they, they fail, they, you know, they grow and they, they, they can scale. But, you know, once you're, you know, your health's gone, you can't turn back the time. Once people aren't there, you can turn back the time. So anyway, forward, more positive. Um, Lee was, you know, coming from professional and elite sport, saying, well, then, you know, how do you measure health, happiness and success? And that's really where the academical side came in, where, um, we have an office in Bath, one in Manchester, and uh, there's a university initiative called Set Squared, which is part of five universities, very much coming from an elite performance perspective, human performance perspective. We, uh, we approached them and said, you know, how do we, how do we measure health, happiness, and success? And, uh, and they made us aware that actually what we were trying to build is, is loosely the definition of well-being is, you know, leading healthy, successful lifestyles, being, you know, positively contributing to society. So we were trying to build a well-being measure so we set off on a quest to build a well-being measure um, for ourselves initially, because you know Lee was just trying to get me on the straight and narrow and and focused on building the tool. How I can you know how can I track? You know, if I say to you guys on the call, you know, how how did you guys feel last week? How many of you can honestly say, yeah, you know, I had a great week, I had a bad week. And if you had a great week, why was it a good week? You know, or you know, if it was a bad week, what happened? So it was all around you know starting to build a tool you can sort of check in with yourself. And, sort of start to make small changes but then we realized that you know and then uh, you know we spend a third of our lives at work and I guess putting my previous hat on as a, as a as a business leader and CEO of this company um you know it's very hard to know how people feel and talking about change it's even harder to know how they feel when you don't see them um so we realized well what would be amazing is if we can whilst building this, this reflective well-being tool for individuals, if we can aggregate some data and we can give that to an organization in an anonymous way, well, that'd be awesome. Because if, if people can in real time, if leaders in real time can see how stressed their people are, how happy they are, you know, um, then they can make decisions. And quite often, uh, and we see this and we can sort of come on to it, you know, some of the data we see, you know, a lot of business practices and leadership practices actually impact our well-being a lot more than, um, well-being initiative initiatives which is often what you know um, what organizations focus on yeah. well thank you for, for that overview it's a lovely kind of story I guess in terms of the, the origins of teacup and kind of 
using it to, to almost do a bit of self-reflection, but but like you say, then thinking, you know, what an amazing tool to then be able to, to help other people out there. Um, and I think it's something that a lot of businesses that, that I'm kind of speaking with, and I'm sure a lot of many others are saying is, you know, employers really want to support their employees, but especially whilst we're maybe working from home or ways of working have changed, we're all dead busy because there's so much going on. Um, people might not necessarily be sure how best to, to do it. And I guess, are there any key things that you can think of um, that businesses should be focusing on to help support their employees at the moment? Yeah, I mean, that's such a, such a big question, Will, um, ultimately. Um, the, um, you know, we work with a really diverse bunch of customers. You know, we have, we work very closely with the NHS and then um, so big organizations, you know, going through crisis management almost. And then we have some haulage companies through to smaller tech businesses. Um, and I think the the big thing I say to leaders is, you know, we need to listen to our people. You know, there's not a one size fits all, even in an organization. So, you know, one of the best quotes I heard recently was a, one of our clients said, you know, I didn't know if I should invest in puppies to reduce stress or pensions to help with their, you know, with their finances. And I think that's a dilemma many leaders and, and business leaders face. You know, they don't know what to do. So, you know, let's, we all as leaders want to do something, you know, um, funds are not unlimited. But I think the key thing that I would say is, is engaging with employees and, and giving them an opportunity to speak in a way where, you know, you can really get to the bottom of, of what, they, what they need. Quite often, again, you know, and I don't want to sound like I'm contradicting myself, you know, people don't always know. So you have to ask leading questions around, you know, what, what makes up, what makes us up as human beings, you know, what, what impacts our well-being. So things like sleep, you know, sleep is, is one of my favorite things to, to talk to organizations about because sleep is so diverse and so impacted in so many organizations in different ways. So, for example, we did a study between part-time workers, this was pre-COVID, and um, full-time workers and found that part-time workers sleep was significantly worse than full-time workers were and that was a bit contradictory because I thought well people have more time on their hands they're going to exercise more they're going to have you know more more me time but what it came down to was that lack of routine meant every other night was maybe a Friday night so they'll stay up later um, and then you know they'll they'll be out of the routine and then you know, the next day they'll be back in the work, in office, so they'll have a bit more routine. Where somebody who worked Monday to Friday, for example, was a bit more disciplined around it's a school night, and then over weekends I'll, I'll um, I'll you know, I'll I'll sort of take it a bit easier, or you know, yeah, go go to bed later, or watch Netflix, and or whatever. So I think at the end of the day, it's it's giving, it's looking at the the aspects like asking your people around, you know, how are we sleeping at night? How stressed do you feel? And trying to understand is that because of work patterns and something you can bring in there around some consistency and it's supporting people um, around especially home homeworking you know just because we're at home and we can start at eight o'clock because that's when we used to be on the train to commute well then you know should i be more proactive and, and say to people well i want you to, to invest that first hour in your well-being you know don't 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 jump on a call um look look at things like caffeine you know um the impact on on you know how are how many how many cups of coffees are we drinking today and these things are very simple and but you know again there's such a correlation between if people don't sleep they drink too much caffeine if they drink too much caffeine you know just to to boost their energy they may they may feel more lethargic in the afternoons which means they're less likely to exercise so i think often it's almost bringing it back to a little bit of more human things like 
um, yeah, uh, just saw that that message. Yeah, yeah. Um, green, green tea is the way forward. Um, or, or grain mugs, so you can't see what people are drinking. But um, I think the the reality is, it's just it's almost bringing it back to things that impact people's well-being, rather than thinking of we need a bike to work scheme or we need you know more fruit in the office. Uh, you know, sometimes just bringing it back to what what impacts our well-being. Well, how are our sleep? How are our relationships? How stressed are we about money? Um, and that, you know, that is fascinating. Thank you. Um, and I guess I know I've touched on it slightly in terms of mentioning the work that you've done with, with university partners and, and looking at ways in which you can try and measure people's well-being because it is something that's so multifaceted and it can be hard to do that self-reflection. Um, I guess sort of thinking about Teacup then, how would you say Teacup solutions might be different to other wellbeing products that are currently available on the market? Yeah, I think the I think the main difference for us is compared to traditional um, business-led solutions is Teacup was set up to help individuals, and you know they, our, our apps have been downloaded you know many many thousands of times by individuals just wanting to help themselves. Um, help help them help their well-being and I think that's where we take a slightly different approach you know I say this often you know our customers our, our corporate customers pay the bills but we really work for the employees and and we want to help people with that self-reflection that practice of becoming more self-aware making sure we really tailor um, our advice and our resources to what they need um, and from and I guess that leads us to the main difference is it's a data-led solution you know, we don't. We start off with a with a solution that's very much when it, when clients say to us, you know, how can you help? You know, my first thing that I say to them is we would do what we call a checkup, where we will understand and we will let your employees tell us what areas of their well being needs the biggest support. Because otherwise, if we're not assessing, we are ultimately just guessing. We're just saying, well, we think you should invest in X, and that is, you know, like I said, the one size doesn't fit all, and it doesn't even fit all in the same organisation. So the main difference for us is. It's very much a, a data-led solution through non-intrusive technology. You know, we don't get employees to wear wearable technology where we're a big brother. It's a very low-touch way for them to check in with whatever solution they have, if it's an app or desktop solution. And ultimately, what we then um, ask them to do is just, you know, tell us how they feel on their well-being issues, which again is very different because, you know, and I think that's coming back to my story, where, why we started the business. Um, you know, I had no real idea what impacted our well-being. Well, I had no idea how to reflect. I never, I never looked back. I always used to say to the team, and you know, to my shame, you know, we don't look back. You know, you look back, you become a dinosaur. We focus, we focus, you know, we are in the prize, keep pushing forward. And there's a lot to be said for that, but there's also a lot to just stop and pause and reflect and say, you know, how how do I feel, and how do you create that in a way that's not intrusive, is friendly, doesn't feel like a staff survey and really create a, a network of support um, whilst giving an organization some real insight so that they can act on what you know people are telling them. And importantly, they can measure once they have rolled out that initiative, whatever that may be, they can see what impact it has. And that's really critical. Um, and quite often, you know, I, I'd, um, and this is why I'd, I'd love to listen to Russell and Kieran, I'd love to share some notes. Quite often it comes down to leadership practices. You know, when, when we talk about well-being with organizations, people immediately go towards mental health first aiders or they lean towards, uh, you know, stress management or um, but 90% of the time, it actually comes down to how do we, how do we lead our people? Um, you know, one of the things I've become aware of and the team 
I think they were taking the mickey, but you know, I, I take it is uh, they created a do not disturb cap for me. Um, and I'm almost, I almost have a cycle where I become more self-aware where I know I, I'm like an energizing bunny. And then I almost just drop off a cliff. And when I drop off a cliff, that's, it's almost, I just, you know, that's just how I'm built. I just push really hard. And then I realize I have to take the pedal off and then I sort of slow down and then I go again. And when I'm on that bit of a sort of downward trajectory, I'm not at my best. You know, I am just, I'm, but becoming more self-aware of that means you lead teams differently and the team and, and you know, and because we are quite open about the insights and the data, we share that amongst the team, amongst ourselves, they know that. And that's why they've created do not disturb caps. So when you're on that downer, just um, take it easy, you know, go for long walks. Um, perhaps when you feel a bit stressed, don't have that call, just back off a little bit. And then the world's good because what's really powerful as a leader is if you can see the team's more stressed on that day and you know, well, we had a really good, in my opinion, a really good team meeting about sales targets or about operation efficiency or whatever it is. And suddenly I look at this data and it just looks like the team's ambitions really low and they're a bit more stressed and actually didn't sleep very well. That hits you quite hard because that's real-time data. We notice actually your impact as a leader isn't just around growing a business. You know, we're dealing with individuals, with people, with families. And the sad thing is, and, and the good thing, once you understand it, is people take that home. You know, if you have a bad day in the office, even if it's a virtual, you take that into your, you know, that, that translates to maybe how you deal with your partner, maybe how you snap at your children when, you know, they, my, my daughter wants to play Barbies and I've just come off a call with a team and I don't feel like playing Barbies and Chelsea and whatever it is, you know, that, that translates. So I think that's really important. We deal with humans, we deal with, with people and our, leadership styles and our words are you know have got meaning they've got power and and that's really powerful really powerful and i think that's the main difference it's very much a data-led insight-led reflective practice that's great well thank you so much for that update it's been lovely to hear from you ed and really kind of fascinating stuff fascinating what you are doing with teacup and um, if anyone does want to get in touch um we can obviously make some introductions. Is there anywhere um, we should be signposting to? Any websites or numbers or anything? Yeah, so our website, very simple, teacup.co.uk and tcup.co.uk. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, we're obviously delighted to be, you know, members and would love to, would love to share notes and help people. Um, one of the things we are doing for the sort of Manchester community at the moment is offering um, what we call a free baseline report for um, organizations to give them that insight. Um, you know, we are, you know, we're very much passionate to drive and help people and help organizations. So from our perspective, you know, we're not charging for these. We, we see our business playing a key role in helping organizations, especially in the community, just understanding how people are feeling and, and getting them back on that on on the new normal whatever that is yeah. oh that's wonderful well thank you so much ed it's been lovely to speak with you um, and i'm sure if people have got any questions or comments they can pop them in the chat i've been seeing things pop up um but yeah, that's been wonderful thank you so much and um finally yes we'll move on to our um last guest with us Def um, last but definitely not least uh, we've got david here with us from you are home um so it would be really great to just kind of have a bit of an intro first, a bit of a background to yourself and the work that you do with You Are Home, David. Yeah, thank you, Will. And uh, it's, it's interesting, it was, it was interesting listening to Ed before because I think I've got a similar story, but on a much smaller basis. Um, I, I was actually um, part of a sales recruitment company, uh, which sold 
be four years ago now, well, four or five years ago, and I did a two-year buyout. And when I left, I went traveling. And like Ed, I actually became quite quite down because, you know, you, your friends can't come with you, but, you know, they've also got to work. You know, it's, you know, your partner can only come out as, 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 as when it fits around the life. And so I actually set up You Are Home on the back of that um, because I was, A, needing something to do, but also need, needed quite a big change. Um, and so to go from recruitment to hospitality, I think, is about as big a change as you can get. Um, I, I initially planned to get to about 30 or 40 apartments in our first year. Um, we had a particular focus on one industry and we actually grew to 175. All within Manchester, all within Manchester, split between the city centre and Stalford Keys, and um, that was January. Well, well, we set up the company January 2019. Had a great first year, um, and of course, COVID hit uh, this time last March. And I'm not going to lie, there was about a month where um, me and my co-director were, 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 were well, we, we were working quite hard, shall we say. And um, we managed to regroup, though. Um, obviously, unfortunately, we had to let, let some apartments go. But when we came back out of lockdown last July, we actually grew to 220 apartments. Um, once again, in Manchester City Centre and Salford Keys and also a filming location, as we do quite a lot of film and TV. And we've, we've kind of grown from there, really. It's been, a, it's been a really interesting journey. So, and one which um, I think I as a person and also what, the, the staff members which have come in, have kind of been both kind of have, have kind of been through together uh, you know having you know without pulling any punches having a corporate a, a business travel a business travel um accommodation providing company in this climate has been challenging uh, but i think it really shows that if you employ the right people and and, and i'll come on to this in a, in, a, in a little bit but obviously you know kind of set that tone and that mindset from the beginning it, you know, it can work. I mean, one of the things Ed said really resounded from Amiibo, and I'm, it made me just do a little bit of self, self-reflection there, where, you know, as the business owner, if you have a bad day, it really resonates down with staff, you know, and it, and it really resonates with everybody. And there's been a couple of times where, if I want to, I've been guilty of that in the last, in the last, six, in the last six months. And uh, it's something that me, it's something, it's something that we've spoken about, but it was, um, yeah, so I, found, I found your talk really interesting there, Ed, and I'd, I'd really like to connect afterwards if that's okay. Thank you, David. It's interesting um, that we've had the wellness actually, because I know um, you recently published an article with the Chamber um, talking about wellness of business yes. travellers um, and people who are kind of doing corporate travel at the moment. Um, so with corporate wellness being such a, a relevant topic right now, um, how do you, our home, consider the health and well-being of people who are staying with yourselves and your guests? So, so, the, so, so you are, if you are home is all about the name, you know, we, we are here to basically create a home from home when people are here on business in Manchester. So we don't work with leisure at all. And one of the USPs that we have, which we'll come on to, is that we guarantee your next door neighbour will be a business traveller. Now, from that step, you know, when you look at the apartments in comparison to where somebody would usually stay, the, the apartments have been built for people to live in. So things like having a large workspace, but more importantly, a separate work and living space, meaning people can, can, can work from home, but still at the same time switch off, we, um, does, does, does play a big part. You know, having the you know, simple aspects such as your own kitchen, so you're able to cook yourself healthy food, rather than obviously relying on delivery or, 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 or a menu. All these, you know, these tiny, you know, these little bits which you take for granted when you live in your own house, you don't get when you're away. And with us being able to provide that, it in turn obviously, obviously makes for, 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 for a much happier workforce. On the back of that as well, the buildings we work in um, have some really, really strong community programs. 
you know, not all of our guests take part, but a lot of our guests do. So, you know, things like pop-up bars, um, yoga set, yoga sessions for free, uh, you know, you know, uh, TV and film nights, which, because I think everyone forgets, so if you're here on business, you might be with a big project and so you know other people, but also actually you might be a lawyer, a lawyer from London who doesn't actually know anybody and it can become quite a lonely place. And one of the things that we really try and encourage, um, well, you know, just quite quite softly, is for our guests to take part in the community events, so they can, you know, it goes back to the name again, you know, feel like Manchester is their home. Yeah, it's an interesting point, actually. I'm, I'm relatively fresh in my career, so not had the opportunity to do too much business travel. But um, it's something I was thinking of as you were saying. You know, if you are just travelling up for the day and you don't necessarily know anyone else, I think. Um, it's something that can be overlooked, perhaps the kind of the, the lonely aspects of it, especially if it's something that's happening quite it's, often. So it's, having that community sounds. It's, really it's been it's, it's been really interesting seeing our because we 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 have we we closed for the first lockdown, but on the second lockdown. Um, certain industries were open, obviously, under really, really strict, uh, under, under strict, strict restrictions. Mm -hmm. um, and it was interesting, actually, you know, we, we, what, the, 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 the communication between our guests and with our concierge service. You know, our concierge service would, would, be, would be there. It's there before to, you know, sort people's um, sort people's food, you know, you know, deliveries out, sort people's restaurants, things like this. This became much more of like an in, of like an interaction where people would be speaking to the concierge, concierge service just for you know just to check with there. You know, when people locked, we, 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 we had to go into isolation, which did happen a couple of times. We made sure we were delivering silly things like games. You know, Le Lego became really popular. Um, we just kind of, do, do, do you know what I mean? I think it was it was interesting watching the watching the communication change to actually become more of like a partnership or a friendship almost between, between 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 some of the guests and the concierge. Yeah, amazing. Um, something that seems interesting to me, obviously, kind of the USP of exclusivity um, in terms of business travellers, so no leisure, just kind of doing the business side of things. Um, and I guess, how do you think that um, positively impacts the guest experience when they're staying with yourselves? I mean, there's, there's a really simple one where, you know, you kind of guaranteed not, you know, not to have the weekend hen parties, you know, the park life, the park life, you know, our buildings aren't, aren't, aren't set up for that and it's, it's obviously not, not within our model. I think on top of that as well, though, you know, there is that more, but there's that sense of actually everybody who's staying next to you is in, say, it's in the same boat. So you do tend to see a bit more, a bit more of a community feel and people do, do, do tend to interact with, interact with each other a bit, a bit more. Um, because I mean, most of our guests are here longer term stays as well. So you will find that they kind of that they will kind of like make the flat their own, if that makes sense. I mean, we, we've had some instances where we've literally redecorated the apartments uh, for people who have been here for quite for quite a number of months. Um, and there's, and there's obviously like the COVID impact, you know, we because we do business travel only and because we'll, we'll talk about it in the next one, but obviously the, the business traveller has changed significantly in the last year. And people are here for longer, which means that there is less footfall into in, into the buildings and into you know on you know, on, 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 on the um, onto the floors, which obviously reduces reduces the, 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 the risk of COVID. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's something that's I guess I've been quite interested in in terms of this side of things. Obviously, the pandemic will have had a, a large impact, especially in this sort of industry. Um, do you think it's something that's changed people's view on corporate travel at all? And I guess how has the past year shaped the company and, and kind of maybe shaping future plans as well as things start to be? I, I, 
I think it's completely changed the way, the way that people people are going to travel. I mean, got, gone are the days when you're going to, just going to pop on the train or pop in your car and shoot up from London to Manchester for one meeting. You know, you, people just aren't going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, with, with Zoom, teams becoming more and more popular. Um, you know, I, I do think, you know, will reduce. What I think will happen instead um, is that you will have people become a bit more organised because obviously sustainability within companies now is so important as well. So actually, it doesn't make sense for you to go up and down, you know, once, you know, once a week, you know, once, uh, etc. What I think will happen now is people will come up to Manchester from London, from, you know, from the States, you know, wherever it may be, but stay for a longer period of time. You know, they'll be here for five, you know, five nights, two, two weeks, whatever. They'll do all their meetings and then they'll get and then they'll go back and then they will, you know, they may they might do that once a quarter or once every six months. So the 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 the, the, the attitude and like the, and the, and the way people people will travel for business now is is definitely going to change. And um, on top of that as well, you know, people do, you know people do want to have those larger living spaces. You know, they they want to be you know they, when when they're here, they don't want to feel like they have to go out and go have to go out for dinner. They don't want to feel like they have to go go somewhere. So having a self-contained um, apartment from the feedback we've been getting um, is, is, is going to be is, is going to be on, on the top of people's lists. Um, and I mean, we've, I mean, without and we, you know, ways change our company. I mean, you know, we're, we're two years old. Our company change still changing on a daily basis, if I'm honest. But um, I think it, it's been quite good because it, it, it's you know it's made us focus on our processes and it's made me it's made us really realise how important every single member of staff is. So things like we, we're now a um, certified living wage employer. Um, you know, we, 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 we make a point of having a monthly, even if it's virtual, staff entertainment night uh, where everybody from the cleaners to you know, myself, the MD, will take part. I mean, the last one we had, we got 30 people on and we, had, we actually had to get a translator for a couple of the cleaners. And it, was, it, was, it was loads of fun, but, you know, we, we've, we've, cut, we've, we've, we've focused on the, on the staff so much now, which I think is how we've been able to kind of grow at the rate we have done and also obviously hopefully be able to continue. Um, it has made me and the other director a bit more hard skinned, you know, and it has, you know, there is no getting away, but it's been a tough year for business travellers. You know, it, it has been. Um, but, you know, the positive is that, you know, I think we've, um, we've, we've learned a lot as a young company in, in, uh, and I think we, it's, we, we, you know, the changes that we've made now will be, you know, implemented for as long, for, for, well, forever, basically, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Um, I've just seen a, an interesting question pop up in the chat just around, um, I guess, your typical audience then. Um, Paul's just asked what the average age of the guest might be, but um, I guess on a broader note as well, do you have specific industries or sectors that tend to kind of be most popular with yourselves? We, well, we, per, per, we, we, we have a specific industry where, where we're filming TV. Yeah, that's how the company was formed. Um, you know, our first year, we were pretty much 100% exclusively film and television. Um, our second year, we probably went to about 80%, uh, 80%, but obviously these have been the only industries, but, well, it's been one of the only industries which has been regularly travelling and, and still working throughout COVID. The average age of our guests, of our guest pool, you know, varies considerably because if you think about the industry that we, we've specialised in historically, um, you know, you could have anyone from a child actor all the way up to, you know, leading cast, cameramen, and everyone in between. So, uh, it'd be it'd be tough for me to say what the average what 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 the, what the average age what, what the average age of a guest was as it as it is as it is so different. Um, we are moving more into the corporate world though. Now we've signed about I think ten to twelve large big names in the, in the, in the, in the last couple of months, 
And so maybe maybe in about three months' time, I'll be able, I'll be able to comment some a bit a bit more on that. Oh, that's perfect. Well, thank you so much, um, David. It's been lovely to have you with us today um, and lovely to hear more about the, the amazing work you do when you are home and obviously exciting times, hopefully for yourselves moving forwards as well, continuing that, that journey. So it's been really lovely to hear from you. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch, obviously we can do intros. Is there anywhere um, they should be hitting you up? I think um, Leanne put your website into um, the chat as well. So if that's going to be a good place. Um, Sorry, my, my, my Wi-Fi just dropped. That's no, that's oh, that's all right, no worries. <laughs> um, if anyone wants to get in touch, I'm sure we can um, get an introduction made. But um, thank you so much, David. Um, and thank you to everyone else who's been speaking today. Um, if there's been anything that's been said that you kind of want to listen back to, or maybe you are listening back at the moment, don't forget, um, then these recordings are on YouTube um, and on the podcast as well. So wherever you get your podcast, you can have a listen. Um, but thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Thank you, everyone, who's spoken. Um, it's been lovely to meet you and I hope you have a lovely rest of your week um, thank you very much everyone thanks guys cool.